We are halfway through the halfway point of the week. That is uh, hour three of four on the Hump Day Show right here on the George Show 710 KNUS. You have heard me on a daily basis uh, tout her expertise, the customer service, the success that they have on behalf of clients. We've even had Gay in studio Man, within the last, I don't know, couple months or so, we were going to have her back in the studio last week. I hope you are feeling better. It is wonderful to have you on the phone. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yes, I had the cred that has been going around and no voice at all. It would have been really awful. So I still sound, you know, I have a better radio voice today because it's a little deeper, (laughs) a little raspier, but we'll do good. Um, Listen, since last we spoke... There and you, it was so insightful last time you were on here because you were talking about the fact that, you know, if everybody's out there waiting for the interest rates, the mortgage rates to drop, so are all the other jillions of buyers sitting on the sidelines. And so, whatever you think you might save on the mortgage rates, you're going to end up paying for on an increased value of the house. If you add to that, that Billy, I think, saw an article. Um, about the fact that baby boomers and that generation that you expect to downsize their homes after a certain point, they're not doing it. Are, are you seeing that out there? Oh, we're seeing so many different things. Um, it, it's been interesting, and the market is still um, not steady. It's still kind of volatile and going up and down. Um, but, yes, the baby boomers have a great impact on everything, Um, The reason that they are not moving, I think many of them would want to move, but affordability, right, is is an issue for them. Um, And they would like to go to something that has a main floor master, a ranch-style floor plan. Their knees are getting bad. Um, I can attest to that. So um, they, uh, there, there aren't very many ranches. You know, um, ranches were not what was being built for many years. It was two stories because at that time, that's what the baby boomers wanted. Now they want ranches, but they just can't build them fast enough to take care of the number of people who would like to be in them. Oh, maybe we should start at the at, back at the mortgage rate thing. What are you hearing from the Fed and what's sort of the vibe out there with realtors about what's coming for 2024? So it's already been interesting in what we're at, like the 17th or something. So um, last year, and let's just talk about December um, because it's been since then that I was last here. So um, in December, it was like probably the lowest that we had seen um, in, I don't know, 15, 20 years, um, you know, with the market. It was, you know, just things had really stalled. Prices were dropping. It was not great. So what did I decide to do? I decided to go to Maui. You know, I mean, if houses aren't selling, then go to Maui. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I went to Maui the week before Christmas thinking, you know, this is going to be a nice, quiet week. You know, nothing's been going on too much in the month of December. So I'm going to go and enjoy, you know, right before Christmas. Well, the second week of December, the Federal Reserve met. And while they did not... Um, do anything with the interest rates. They didn't. They didn't raise them. They didn't lower them. Chairman Powell made an announcement after the meeting, and his announcement said that they were going to be doing a 
rate reduction probably three to four times in the coming year in 2024 and that by year's end we would of, of this year um, we would be in the fives the interest rates would be in the fives yeah, yeah. so that happened I went on vacation and real estate blew up so we actually put more houses under contract in the third week of December the week prior to Christmas than we did any other week throughout the year just from say that again hold on say that again yeah it was our busiest week i i heard that maui was lovely but i really didn't get to see it so (laughs) it worked the whole time every listing um except for one six million dollar listing that i had every listing that i had went under contract that week and um, and some that had been sitting for a while yeah right um and some of them had been you know on the market a little while and so um and that so just the just the talk that they might lower rates really spurred the market on. And actually, just the talk of that made the bond market happy. And um, so they the rates did go down momentarily. So it's interesting and important to understand how the Federal Reserve works because there are voting members that, you know, are um, – in the Federal Reserve, but then there are advisory members who don't have a vote, but they're just there to kind of advise. Well, the like last week, maybe two weeks ago, one of the advisory members made a statement that said he wasn't sure that that actually was going to happen Uh-oh. and rate Uh-oh. went up. So, you know, so it just doesn't, I mean, really, literally, it is, um, you know, whoever from there says something, um, that commands what the rates are doing. And so, yeah, we ended our year really strong and, um, you know, started this year really strong. And it's still going strong, even through the weekend, even with, you know, negative whatever wind chill factors. Um, I still had multiple offers on one of my listings. We had, um, you know, many of our listings go under contract. Um, we had lots of showings and lots of people out there. And the thought behind that is even though rates they're not amazing they're just slightly under seven right now so they're in the sixes so they're lower they're not at eight right so while they're not amazing people understand that the prices have not yet jumped and so it's a good time to be a buyer because they can get in they can buy now at today's prices and beat the rush and so the rush we believe that 80 percent of the would-be buyers for the last two years didn't buy couldn't buy and so they've been sitting on the sidelines waiting and so as soon as rates really do start to drop um, and if they drop significantly then we're going to get that whole rush again and the prices are going to go up which is not going to make it any more affordable for anybody you know at that time so it's interesting but do you have optimism that it'll get back into the fives? Yes, I do. Um, I'm optimistic. I think I think just in general, just due to the way the year has started and the announcement that there's optimism around real estate in general for 2024, I think the, the thing is we have to go about it with caution because um, our interest rates do not just depend on what's going on in the the local or national economy, but really the world economy. And so there's things going on in the world and hot spots that we're watching. And, you know, if uh, if things escalated 
in Israel, in China, with Taiwan, you know, any of those things that could change it. So, you know, while things that we can control, I think, do point to an optimistic 2024, the things that are less in our control may, you know, hinder that. We're talking with Gay Ribble from the Empower Home team of Keller Williams. Uh, You guys have two awesome websites. Do you prefer one over the other? Oh, we just like people to get to us however they can find us. We, we <laughs> there's, make ourselves really visible. <laughs> there's gayhasthebuyers.com. We were saying that one forever, G-A-Y-E, gayhasthebuyers.com. But then there's this also cool one, sellwithcertaintycolorado.com, sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. Um, last time you were in, one of the cool things that you talked about were, listen, there are still pockets of homes here in great communities that have that have yet to explode have yet to blow up in those prices that you find all over the like in douglas county everywhere things seem like they're crazy expensive my son graham who's 14 will drive around parts of town like we were driving into denver to go to some place for dinner and he would look at a house it, right across from wash park so you know where this is going to go and he'd be like yeah. oh and he'd, he'd look it up on like zillow and be like this three bedroom, one bathroom, like thousand square foot home, and he'd say the price, and I'd be like, "What the what? <laughs> what? The, yeah. It's impossible." But you still know of areas where there are still good deals to be had. Can you? Is, is this super secret stuff, or can you share that with us? Well, it outline areas, right? Wash Park being yeah. right in the middle of. Oh my gosh! Know, crazy world um, is very expensive. The Highlands is very expensive. Um, so when you get closer to the mountains, that's very expensive. So outlying areas are always going to be where the better prices are. Um, you know, just because people come to Colorado, they like either the city life or the mountain life. And so if you're not really in the middle of either, that means that the prices are going to be slightly more affordable. So, you know, parts of Aurora, um, all the way uh, up the I-70 corridor, um, through, uh, you know, northern Colorado, um, Firestone, Frederick, Berthoud, Johnstown, although I will tell you all of the prices are going up. So um, wow. they are more affordable, but less affordable than they were even a year ago. I just, how long is this going to continue like this? I've read articles. I know you've probably seen them that talk about, oh, there's a coming bubble. There's going to be a bubble. But they've been saying that now for like 18 months. Is there a bubble or are we just because of scarcity and stuff just on a continuous rise? Yeah. Yeah. So there is not a bubble. Um, You know, really, uh, real estate is all supply and demand driven. And so when we have a low supply, which we have, and I think I may have talked about this before, but just to remind people, the reason that our supply is so low has nothing to do with COVID. You know, I mean, people just, they see that they're, you know, that the supply is low and don't understand why. It actually stems all the way back to the Great Recession. So in 2006, we were building about a million houses a year. Then the recession happened. Most of the builders either closed down or went bankrupt. So there were really no houses that were built for about five years across the country. So it was, you know, we were building a million houses a year prior to that, you know, countrywide. So um, then it was about 2013 that we started noticing. And at that time, just to, you know, remind everyone at that time, um, I think in 2009, we had, that was our peak, and we had 46,000 houses on the market. Okay, so 46,000, keep that in mind. 
which is what, year was what we like to see. 2009. 2009. Four, okay, got it. Okay, so we like to see about 9,000 houses on the market. That would be a balanced market, about 90 days worth of inventory, enough houses for the buyers, enough buyers for the houses. Okay, so that would be yeah. the ideal scenario. Then we went to our all-time low two years ago, almost to the day, January of 2022. We had 1,400 houses on the market. This is in what? all of Metro oh Denver. Okay? Oh, so, my goodness. So we like to see 9,000 at the peak of, you know, too many, too many houses. We were at 46,000. Too few houses, we were at 1,400, right? So, um, so all of that, you know, caused you – know, in 2013, when we started to see that there were so many houses on the market, we said, well, we need to start – building more houses. And so let's get the builders out. And so the builders all, you know, came back. They called all their workers back who had been laid off for five years. And lo and behold, those people didn't want to go back into, you know, swinging a hammer. They were, you know, now at IT, doing IT. They'd gone back to school. They had left the state or left the country in, you know, some cases. And so those workers were gone. And so when we started rebuilding in 2013, all the way to this year, we have not been able to hit that million house a year mark ever since. We just don't have the labor to be able to do that. So we're, we're averaging about 750,000 houses across the country per year that are being oh, built. Boy. So if you look at five years, that would be 5 million houses short, right, if we were averaging a million prior to that. So 5, five uh, million houses short. What we should have been doing in 2013 is doing overtime, right? We should have done 1.5. And if we did that for a few years, we'd catch up. But we were only at 750. So now. Why is that? Years, Why were we, Was it all financial for the developers? No, the workers. Just not, not enough workers. There were just not enough people to be able to meet the demand of what they needed to do. And there still aren't. I mean, really, labor workers should be paid the most right now because that's what, you know, that is what is driving this. And so now we have about a 7 million house shortage, right? Jeez. So we're short that. And so, how do you make so that up? Well, it's not. I mean, they know how they're going to make it up, what they're going to do. I mean, what's going to happen is the baby boomers who have impacted the economy their whole life and that whole generation, the baby boomers, and now they're saying 15 years, will start to not need houses anymore, right? They'll start They'll to just need be moving in with their families. Is that where we're going with this? Well, <laughs> end up passing them I mean, on? You know, I mean, the, the reality is, yes, that that generation is the biggest generation, and it is, has impacted the economy. So now when all of a sudden a bunch of those houses become available, that will be the catch-up, but it's not going to catch up for 15 years unless we can do something to really, um, you know, make the, uh, get more labor so that we can build more houses to, to catch up with the demand. So well, let me so make you governor for a yeah. day, G governor, gay rebel, a ki king, gay rebel. <laughs> Let's just make you king and queen, whatever that title well, is, Commodore. I don't know what it is. <laughs> if you were going to change policy, and I don't think this is a necessarily a partisan conversation, but if you were going to change policy, yep. what are the things that the state could do that would accelerate the availability of homes to help bring some of these prices down? Well, truly, they would have to start to, you know, 
make it a good thing to be a labor worker. And, you know, and I, I don't know how, how you do that if you're not subsidizing, you know, those salaries. But um, because if you just pay labor workers more, then what's going to happen is the price of housing continues to go up. I saw something yesterday that said five years ago, you'd have to be, you know, making like $60,000 to be able to qualify for anything. And today, in just five years' time, it's 120000 Holy smokes. Yeah. So, you know, so the... It, it, I mean, it is a crisis of, of sorts. And then you throw in all of the Federal Reserve and what they've done. And I really think that they're to blame. I mean, and now this is according to Gay, but I believe the Federal Reserve holds a lot with what's happened in the economy all the way back to, do you remember, coming out of the recession, what they did is they lowered interest rates, kind of artificially lowered them to spur the economy, right? To get the economy going better. That's right. And that worked and people started buying houses, but instead of just gradually then, you know, raising them a quarter percent, you know, every six months, a a year or whatever, they kept it down there for a long time. And so people got used to these low rates and then coming out of COVID, I mean, they were already low going into COVID, but coming out of COVID, they lowered them again. And so, you know, we were in two years ago, we were at 2.875 was the interest rate. Well, today at, you know, just under 7%, um, it's double the cost of a house. You know, if you were paying, I think I've said this before, but if we had a million dollar house before, put 20% down in an $800,000 mortgage, your, your loan or your mortgage payment would be $3,500 a month. Today, that's a $500,000 house. Two years what later. In the world? And, and so Gay. that is why yeah. a lot of people aren't selling is because they've got this great interest rate and they don't want to go to a higher interest rate because they're going to double their payment if they even just were to do a lateral move. So where are we? Now? So let's distill this down in terms of timing. When is the best time for someone who's looking to make that move, whether it's a lateral or they want to downsize or they need to upsize growing family? When's the best time for them to look at buying a house? Right now, real soon here. So what we see, so we always talk about the spring market, right? And you hear, you hear everyone, you know, oh, I'm going to wait till spring. Well, in Colorado, yep, yep. Like, let's be honest, spring doesn't really happen until June, right? Because we're still having snowstorms and things in May. And so all of the sellers, homeowners, are saying, well, my house shows so much prettier in the summer, you know, when the leaves are out and there's grass that is green and all of that. It's warm. That's when we're going to put the house on the market. Well, the buyers start, and kid you not, the week after the Super Bowl. That's when the peak of the housing market begins is the the week after Super Bowl. Why is that? Because people now have Sundays open and they can, Saturdays and Sundays are open. And what else is there to do on a cold snow day if you're not going to go hit the slopes than to go look at houses? And buyers want to be in their house by the time the grass is green and the leaves are on the trees because they want to, no one really wants to spend all the glorious summer months 
um, looking at houses every weekend, right? They want to be out playing and doing fun things. So really the time is now for sellers and they never really understand that. And I think most agents or many agents don't understand that either. We actually see more houses hit the market on June 1st than any other day of the year. So everybody's like waiting for June to roll around. By that time, it's too late. You're not going to get nearly as much as the oh, seller boy. as the buyers are out when it's cold. Last question. I know you get the uh, limited time because you're out there crushing all this, these housing challenges. Um, when folks call up and they, and they call you guys and ask for help or they ask other questions of you, like what's the number one, like, I don't know, urban legend or myth or false thing that's out there that you guys confront? Mm. Oh, there's so many. You know, it used to be that their house was whatever Zillow valued it at because Zillow was really off. They're getting better. Um, but I think, I think the biggest thing... And, hey, Gay, we're you know, losing you just a little bit. Oh, the reception was a little oh, bad. Sorry. If you could grab okay. hold of that electric fence, that would help. Yep. Is this better? <laughs> yeah, I'm way better. Is this any better? Okay, sorry about Much that. Um, I think the biggest thing is that people think that all realtors are equal. Um, and many people don't even see the value in a realtor um, or in a relationship with a realtor. So, you know, they'll just use somebody who, you know, makes themselves available real quick. There's different real estate companies that will do that, you know, um, sort of like Uber. Whoever's the closest realtor to the house you want to see can get you in, and they just don't see the value of a realtor. But I can tell you um, that that really is not the case. And a really good realtor should really be able to increase your net worth and your, you know, just increase the money that you're making that decrease what you're having to spend, be able to really guide you through the process. And I, we, we may be running out of time, but I've got a great story. Um, yeah, tell it, tell the story. So I had some sellers two years ago that called me, came, they said, you know, we want to sell our house. We want to sell it in July because that's when we're retiring. We just want you to come over. It was in January of 2022. We want you to come over and we want you to tell us what we need to do to get our house ready. So I came over and I said, well, you just need to get it on the market. And they were like, well, we're, we don't want to sell till July. And I was like, yeah, it's going to make you a lot more money to sell now. And they were like, really? Like, you know, we're retiring. We don't really need that much money. Um, you know, like convenience is worth something. Um, how much are you talking? And I said, at least 200000 And they are like, you're kidding, right? And I was like, no. So they said, well, we're going to Mexico next week. And I said, great, let's get it on the market. We priced it 100000 higher than the house that was four doors down that had sold like 45 days earlier. So we priced it 100 over, and they were like, well, if we even get this, like we're, you know, shocked. We'd be amazed. This would yeah. be great. We put it on the market and we sold it for two hundred thousand over that price. Oh my! So they actually goodness. got three hundred thousand more. They came back from Mexico to to sign the closing papers, and they were like, "Well, guess guess what we did while we were in Mexico?" And I said, "I don't know what you do." And they said, "Well, we bought a house. We bought a condo there." And I said, "Oh, you did? Well, that's cool." And they said, "Guess how much the condo was?" And I was like, "I don't know how much. Three hundred thousand dollars." Oh, we're brilliant! That you bought us the condo. That's but I brilliant. That what I a great story. The, the second week of November every year. Did they agree? Did you write that into the contract? <laughs> yeah, they said, I can come anytime. 
So, um, but that is what a good realtor who's out there doing and really understands the market and knows, they know, you know, they know that in the third week of December, when everybody else doesn't think that there's any houses selling, I knew that the market had shifted already, right? But other people who had no listings didn't know that. And so that is really the, I think, the, com the most common error that people make is they go with who they like, not necessarily who is going to be the most knowledgeable and be able to really help them um, to, you know, to sell for the most money or to buy at, you know, the best time. Oh, okay. This has been great. Thank you for giving us so much of your time. I love ending on that story. We always have time for the stories. I love the anecdotes the best. Thank you for that. You can reach Gay, by the way, 833-301-SOLD, 833-301-SOLD. Just that number. You can check them out at gayhasthebuyers.com, gayhasthebuyers.com. Uh, thanks for this. Can't wait to have you back on. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you. Take care feel better. See you, Gay. Hey, that was fantastic. I, I, there's just so much to learn from her. Um, I, I love the story at the end, too. That just makes me excited about the idea that someday maybe I'll be in a position to do both of those things. Sell my house for a jillion dollars more than I paid for it, and then use some of that money to find a place, I don't know if it's Mexico, but someplace nice and tropical, you know, that you can get to from here, there, and everywhere. Love talking to Gay Ribble. Listen, we're going to cut away for a break right after I tell you about QC Kinetics. If Gay is the wizard in the real estate industry to take away the pain associated with trying to find and get into a new home, QC Kinetics are the wizards that take the pain out of your joints. If uh, this was something you were targeting as 2024 was my year of health, and that's what I'm doing. I'm also looking at 2024 as an opportunity to shed some of these radio pounds that I've put on in the two years since I've been in the saddle. Um, QC Kinetics does it. They do regenerative medicine. I just told you yesterday the story about my son's uh, baseball buddy. Uh, the mom is using QC Kinetics. The disappointing thing is she had not heard about it on our show. She'd heard about it from somebody else. But I'm telling you, these folks do it border to border, coast to coast. It's such an attractive option for people who don't want to do pills, who don't want to do surgery. This is the best alternative that you have. They were talking about $50,000 needed for knee surgery, fifty grand out of pocket for this knee surgery. Instead, they saved jillions by calling up our friends at QC Kinetics. It's the way to go. I, I would check them out at qckinetics.com. Uh, and, of course, Q and the C are letters, Kinetics, K-I-N-E-T-I-X. But give the local professionals a call, 303 900 8986-303-900-8986. That's QC Kinetics. Uh, talking to Gay makes me want to ask this question. I'd love to have the conversation with you. We'll look at the text, too. Um, what are you seeing and hearing out there with the market? Do you feel like you even have the ability to dream of buying a bigger house or downsizing? I mean, my dad and my dad and his wife have been in the same house for over two decades. This thing is ripe to be sold, but then they turn around and think, well, what do we do? How do we find a place that we can afford that? They're talking about downsizing from this giant house. Yes, dad bought the biggest house he's ever owned after we were all out of the house. Okay, that's its own sore spot. That's its own therapy session. But trying to get out of that and get into some sort of a patio-like home where the stairs aren't an issue and all that, 
It's like the same price. It's crazy. What Gay said about the ranch homes thing is crazy. What are you experiencing out there, especially if you're a recent home buyer or seller? 303-696-1971. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here at 710 KNUS. My thanks to Gay Ribble from Empower Home Team at Keller Williams. Uh, fantastic interview yeah, there's always going to be a little plug in there, but she gives you about 90% of that interview. It's just great information to have about the economy, the real estate market, uh, fantastic uh, information, just an, a genius. I don't know why you wouldn't call her at 833-301-SOLD. One quick thing before we get to our phone lines at 303-696-1971, and, that is, uh, and this is just for dudes. I think it's just for dudes. I don't know. Maybe there's women that have this issue. But uh, if you have that thinning hair, that receding hairline, the scalp seems to be winning the war on the forehead. Um, there's only a couple options that you have. Hats. I love hats. I own a ton of hats. I, I wear them, but not because of the covering up the head thing. It's uh, comb your hair different. Use the gel in a different way. That works for a while. But, guys, you know what I'm talking about. When at some point you're walking around, you know, ball arena or mile high, and you see guys that have made that extra effort, and you're like, it's time. You're going to have to make a different decision. Well, our friend, Dr. Tanya Pauls at Advanced Hair Restoration, they are that alternative. Uh, They have guaranteed results they have de- redefined hair restoration in a way. Oh, I guess you know what you have the option too. You could go get um, a hair piece of some kind. A, um, I don't know what they call it, a wig or, or something like that. But uh, you don't have to do that either. Doctor Tanya Paul says, "Come see me, right? Come see me, and we will find a way to use your hair to grow your hair on your head." Simple one-day treatment. It's a calm, relaxed environment. They got the most experienced folks out there. It's your own natural hair. Get her done today. And here's the deal. If you call, free consultation, by the way, you get $250 off and and 250 free hair grafts. You can check them out at advancedhair.com, advancedhair.com, or call them at 720-459-HAIR. That's 720-459-HAIR. Let's get to the phone lines at 303-696-1971. Deborah, you're on the George Show. What do you think, Deborah? Well, I talked to Billy, and I just had a question. It's something about yep. ancient history. Last summer and fall, I enjoyed listening to you as you were training for the Marine Corps Marathon. Yes. How much fun you were having training. And then I was out of town <laughs> when that happened, when the yeah. Marine Corps thing happened. And I never heard if you ran or if you finished or if you had fun or what the verdict was. The the answer is no to all those questions, and here's what happened. <laughs> ended up ha- ended up having a last minute um, family health issue was probably the best way to describe it that required that I be here for the following week or so. So I I couldn't figure out a way to do it and do what a dad would do. Do you know what I mean? So. I ended up at the last minute having to bail, and I'm sorry you missed it because I talked on the radio about how disappointed I was in the Marine Corps Marathon, folks, because I reached out to him and I said, listen, I have this urgent, emergent thing. I can't leave. i got to do this. And they're like, oh, if only you had reached out a week earlier, our cutoff to move your registration to the following year is passed. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. that. I understand. But this is different. This is an urgent thing, and it's on all this other stuff. And they're like, yeah, suck it. 
So I lost whatever hundreds of dollars I spent to, to register for that. In addition to all the training, I had folks call in, Deborah, while you were out of town saying things like, you should sign up for this marathon and that marathon. And I'm like, I will get to it. I just, I'm pretty certain it's not going to take place before the holidays. Lo and behold, here we are. And you call in. I will, let me give a shout out to somebody that's a friend of the show and a friend of mine, uh, Dustin's Vonick. He is an Aurora City Council member. He and a couple other buddies of mine just ran the Houston Marathon this past weekend, and Dustin ended up qualifying for the Boston Marathon. So my hat's off to these guys. They're, unfortunately for me, much younger than I am. So I can dream of trying to keep up with them. I think for me the goal is let's finish. Uh, but I didn't get the chance to do that, Deborah. So my daughter did run the race. Oh, she did? And, and what did she think? She did. She said it was the worst marathon she's ever run. Oh, no. Was, well, now I feel a little bit better. So Why was it so hot. bad? It was oh. so hot back in Washington and the humidity, and it ended up it was a half a mile too long, and <laughs> she was just totally disgusted with the whole thing. <laughs> well, leave it to the so, Marines to find a way to go above and beyond. Yes, yes, absolutely. But she... she she ran the last, like, half a mile as fast as she could because she didn't want it to be her worst race ever. But uh, Now, so she, she, it sounds like she is a repeat marathon. Oh, yeah. She's run many. She's run many. And, I uh, should probably fact, figure run, out a way to, uh, to learn her techniques for training because this was my first one I've ever trained for, and I felt like I was going to get it done, but I wasn't going to get it done at any sort of record pace. Yeah, well, she didn't either, but uh, she has a trainer, so she follows it really religiously. And she has actually run either a marathon or half marathon in every state. Wow. How old is your daughter? She's 38 now. Oh, my goodness. And how how long does she run when she's just training? Like on any given day, she just gets up and says, how about 10? Oh, she'll run 13 miles just for fun. She'll run a half marathon just for fun. (laughs) Yeah, what's her day job? She's a teacher. Unbelievable. Uh, at, at Lakewood High School, I'll give a plug for Lakewood High she's School. She's a tiger. Yeah, she's a tiger. Your old yeah. alma mater, I think. Didn't, well, Lakewood was, a, I graduated from Bear Creek from Lakewood, but, okay. but down in there. Right. But, okay. but Lakewood, fantastic school, uh, international international baccalaureate program, baccalaureate program oh, yeah. that they have there. Yeah. It, uh, it was one of the big daddy schools when I was in high school, but it is now down to just based on size, I want to say it's like a 3A school maybe or 4A. It's something like that. It's not 5A it, anymore. It should be. It should be. It's, uh, they get, it's the, it's the black and the badly. orange. Yeah, black and the and orange. orange. Great, yeah. great school. Did she go to school there? Great. Yes, she did. She graduated there. What year? I'm there. doing the math. 20 years ago. So she graduated 2003. in 2001. That makes me feel really, really old, Deborah. Um, but still you? that, what a, <laughs> what a great school to go to. It was, uh, it was always cool. I went to Belmar elementary, which fed into Creighton, which fed into Lakewood high school. We had just moved down South. So I ended up going to Bear Creek and Carmody, but, uh, where'd she go to grade school? Uh, she went to Jefferson County open school for yep. eight years and then she transferred to Lakewood high school. What a great story. Uh, listen, yeah. tell your uh, tell your daughter to reach out to Billy and give us tips on how we can be better at running these marathon things. And thank you okay. for the call. I will do Thanks, that. Deborah. Thank you, George.
Thanks, Take care. Bye. Good to talk to you, too. Deborah's line is open at 303-696-1971. Uh, Mary from all the way up north. I'm sorry? Oh, we had Mary from Windy, Wyoming, who was going to talk about housing issues and immigration. I imagine the Lakewood Tiger talk probably got her thinking we weren't going to get to her. Mary, call back. We'll get to you after the break, which we'll take here in just a second. Um, I talked to you about all the great people that have started up these businesses, and these businesses benefit you. They're not these big box store ones where profit is the bottom line. The bottom line for them is, yeah, they want to make money. Don't get me wrong, but customer service is how a small business survives and thrives. And so Brent and Joyce Tolliver have a business called Roll Em Out Shelves, and they've been in my house. I've had them in my house. They do great work. Uh, they come in. They say, what are you looking to improve? And I swear, I just said, I, I don't know. I mean, I do have a couple rollout shelves that came with the house and stuff, but I know that there's a ton of other things. Tell me what you think. They just said, hey, can we go through your cabinets? And, you know, like a, like I'm talking to the police, I said, with a search warrant. No, I said, absolutely you can. So they go through there, and Brent gets down, and he does his little laser voodoo thing where he measures these things out they put together this great estimate they send you to the website so you can see how these things fully function they brought some samples over to the house you can see the videos of their long-term employees installing these things they get it all done in just a couple hours in your house and for under like a thousand bucks you can kind of remake the interior parts of your cabinets to make them more usable to make your house a happier more efficient place Free in-home estimate. There's just very little reason to not explore doing this with Brent and Joyce. And they're about the nicest people that you're going to run into. 303-475-9601. 303-475-9601. They have a website. It's called RollEmOutShelves.com. RollEmOutShelves.com. When you call them, say, I heard that wacky George guy talking about you. He said... You, he lets you into his house. One, how messy is it? But two, please come into mine and check it out. That's rollemoutshelves.com. When we come back, your texts, your calls. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here at 710-KNUS. Just before we get to Mary and the other callers at 303-696-1971, it's 2024. If you're a guy of a certain age and you've lost that spring in your step, you've lost a little bit of motivation for working out, the sleep just doesn't seem to be going the way it used to. It could be something that just happens to some men. In fact, many, many men. And that is your body starts saying, I don't know if we need all this testosterone. There's a way to treat that. You don't have to go around wondering where did it all go? Where did the energy and confidence go? Check out RockyMountainMensClinic.com. Take their 10-question, true-false, low-T quiz. That'll tell you whether you're a good candidate for what they do. And then give them a call at 720-440-7900. 720-440-7900. It's a $99 appointment, which, by the way, if you end up using their service, and everybody does, they'll roll that right into the price of the rest of the stuff. Check them out at RockyMountainMensClinic.com. Going right back to the phone lines, Mary from Windy, Wyoming. You're on 710. KNUS, what do you think? Good morning. Um, what my concern is is that when you're talking about the housing issues, why isn't yep. um, the issue of the illegals brought up? They want housing, rental, and ownership. 
In other words, it has to have eight million, in, you know, that type on our infrastructure, our water issues, all of the concerns that that we are currently having without them. I do think that in Mayor Johnston highlighted this. I do think they pose an issue in terms of availability of. Uh, perhaps rental units, hotel space, all that other stuff. But I haven't heard about the illegals coming across the border with enough funds to pay for a house in cash. And I cannot imagine that they would be a safe bet for any bank to loan them the money to do it. So I'm not sure yet they are providing the pressure on that system. Does that make sense? Yes, but remember when we the housing issue that we had back in 2008, do you remember how Fannie, was it Fannie Mae, those housing groups, they lowered Freddie, the thing yeah, so two, yeah. Freddie to be able to get, remember, more low income, which was the illegals, and remember how that has backfired? That was a big I issue. I should have asked Gay about that. I don't remember it as well as you do, but I don't see that as the issue today. I mean, when we're talking about 36,000 new migrants flooding the streets of Denver, whether they're there for one month or one decade and the strain it puts on, I just haven't heard them driving up the cost of housing because they're competing for the same houses you and I might be able to afford because they, they're just not coming here with money. Do you know what I mean? That's the problem. But, if no, they could come I, here I and agree, afford to pay for but, things. Yeah. But it is going to become an issue. I mean, in other words, you can't have 8 million people invading the country and not wanting shelter. And they're, and they're not looking at being in apartments. They're going to have to go somewhere in housing and consume um, the infrastructure. Well, you know what? And, and Mary, if what you're suggesting, and maybe I missed your point, and this is a smart one, is that, listen, there's only so many people, as Gay talked about, there's only so many people in the labor force to build is government going to redirect them to building the things that would house these immigrants, legal or otherwise, instead of working on the single-family homes and stuff? And we've sort of seen them try to shift that way, haven't we? That Well, definitely. So, no, I think your point, I just think that, unfortunately, when you have this many coming into, it's not just into Colorado or Wyoming or Denver, you're talking about in, in the country. In other words, you can't. You have the numbers are just so huge. Um, it it impacts. Like only you talked about the medical issue, um, and the services that they need, and it's going to be the same thing. And and as, as you go down with all the major things that we have, I do think that the the only answer that makes any sense is for us to shut down the border and do everything we can to hire as many dang immigration judges as possible, flood the zone, process these cases, not in four years or five years, but in four days, four weeks, and get the people out that shouldn't be here, and then focus on how do we absorb the ones that should. We just can't, we haven't been doing it. Hey, Mary, thanks for the great phone call, and uh, stay, uh, stay inside up there in Wyoming. Hey, stick around. We're going to talk with Sam Carlino. Interesting story this particular week in general. George Brockler, 710. KNUS.